Hello everybody, just want to introduce myself. My name is Nolan. I'm one of Joe's employees and this coronavirus has really got out of hand. You know, I see the first week this all went down. The first week, the whole store was getting wiped out. Everything. But you know what blew my fucking mind? What blew my fucking mind was all the chicken, all the meat was gone. You look at the water shelf, you look at the canned soup aisle. Completely full. Completely full. What the hell is with that? All you fucking jamokes out there loading up on fucking shit that's gonna go bad in five fucking days. Instead, you're not getting the perishables. You're not getting all the stuff that's good. You guys are really fucking me over here at work. Really fucking me over. Now I gotta wait till the load comes in. The load comes in, we break it, we put it right out in the case, and then I gotta jerk my dick for another fucking four hours behind the fish case. This is bullshit, America. You know what else is bullshit? Cody Rhodes' fucking tattoo on his neck. You know, that's probably what started all this fucking bullshit anyway. Fuck Cody Rhodes. Thank you for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. Working Fans Podcast, cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ, I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer Joe may likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Working Fans Podcast. This week, we have one of the most unique senses of humor in wrestling social media. If you follow him, you know he loves the Joker, he loves wrestling, and he loves his family. He is the black chick thriller, the vanilla gorilla, get a load of this Joker, Mr. Chris Zoucher. Chris, how are you doing? Is it just me or is it getting crazier out there? (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, nicely done. It is getting crazier out here, sadly. <laughs> I know, in the past week, since this whole corona thing has blown up, I believe the week that it really got big, that Wednesday, Thursday, yep, the first yep. day of it, we were having the funeral for my dad, so I wasn't catching up with as much stuff at the store. I saw the pictures you had up of the toilet paper aisle and the hand sanitizer aisle being cleared out. And I thought, oh, that's just happening in Illinois or that's happening out there. That's not happening in this area. I went to work that Friday, no toilet paper. <laughs> Next day, no meat in the meat case. Yeah. And every day people are like, Excuse me, you guys got the chicken in the back? Mm-hmm. You guys got any more burger? Yeah, we're sitting on it, man. We're actually waiting for tomorrow to put it out. 
because today it's just not happening. <laughs> you know, they're like losing their minds shopping wise, and it's weird. Uh, and, and, you know, people they're they're scared because they because nobody knows. No one really knows what's going on, what's causing it. What you know? Is there a is there a um, you know a vaccine? Is there is there, is there, is there that? That's why everybody's running out and they're buying everything. Like we don't have any soup, we don't have any mac and cheese, we don't have any obviously toilet paper, paper towel. We still have some Kleenex, but that that won't last long. Hand soap's all gone. Sanitizer's been gone for over a week. I don't think we're getting any in until like May. Yeah, that's crazy. I know for us, we got like temporary hazard pay just for working in a store which it's the first time i've ever been considered anything above a fuck up for working in a grocery store like they want to call us first responders now and i had to ask my brother who's a state cop like how does it feel i'm a first responder bitch i can't even do push-ups that's fantastic that is fantastic i'll say this too as a and you guys can both agree with this as a scumbag bread vendor as I'm normally known as when I come to stores this is the first time I've had stores come to me thanks for just showing up man we appreciate seeing you I'm like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> oh you don't have anything well just whatever you have thank you for giving it to us you're the only one with a steady supply right now Dave like I know for me yeah. I'm doing my fresh orders every couple days but they're just sending us what they send us now they they almost can't even promise it we took away rain checks and yeah. all that shit like yeah, we did too. you take away rain checks or return policies that's when it's going to be the front lines people are going to be looting for baby formula and diapers mm-hmm. i can tell you that our company martin's asked us do you want a sunday delivery do you want a wednesday delivery and all of us like you know we're already fucking out there anyway so we're like yeah I mean, it's the only time, like, for us, we're going to be making more money, at least. So it's like, we might as well make money if we're going to get fucking sick of this thing in the long run anyway. So, <laughs> hope for the best. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're, we're not taking any returns unless it's, like, false products. I'll say my produce and it's shitty that we'll, like, we'll exchange or refund, refund that. But as far as, like, regular stuff and as far as rate checks, nothing, which I didn't know. Because, like, I'm an assistant manager there, and I just give anybody whatever they want because mm-hmm. I don't have time to argue with people. Yeah. So I just give people shit left and right. So like, no, 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 we can't do that. We're going to rate checks. <laughs> I guess I should read my email once in a while. <laughs> yeah, because you're the one that basically has to solve the rest of the store's problems. Somebody tells them to go fuck themselves in Delhi. You're like, all right, man, we'll give you the we'll give you the Land O'Lakes cheese free. We'll give you the good stuff. You get you get free cheese, and you do not have to fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> now I mean, you still can. It's up to you. <laughs> right. It's none of our business. Now to bridge the talk from grocery store talk to wrestling talk. I'd like you to tell everybody, why is Joker a modern masterpiece? Because I've watched this movie (laughs) twice in the past couple days, getting ready for this interview, and I've seen it before, but every time I see something different, and you're known on Facebook for being big into it, what's the appeal of it, do you think? Well, here's here's my thing, and you probably sort of trust my judgment, because sometimes I just, I like things, and then I just like them too much towards like obsessive for me the very first time i just saw like the teaser the teaser trailer like last now christ almost two years ago now where it just showed joaquin phoenix just standing there and then all of a sudden it flashed and then he had the joker face paint on or, or joker face paint on because he doesn't look like any other joker yeah i was immediately hooked i'm like okay 
I, I don't know many Joaquin Phoenix movies, but I know he's really like eccentric, so whatever he does with this, he's just gonna fucking kill it. I know he's gonna nail this role. Whatever they do with it, he's gonna nail it. I don't really, I can't tell you. My wife asked me the same thing. She's like, why do you like it so much? I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 I love everything about it. I, because some people say it starts slow and then I'm like, yeah, but it's a it's an origin story. Like he didn't pop out of the womb and chase Batman around it. it. Took time to build up to it. I, I think I kind of like that slow. If anybody's not, not seen it, I apologize for the spoilers, but I, I like that slow burn where he's just kind of like, you know, he's just this mild manner, whatever. And then he's and throughout the movie, he just it's more and more like deranged and almost more like into himself. And basically, from the minute he kills his mother to the rest of the movie, it's just one fantastic scene after another. I, I, it's just it. I love that movie so much. My favorite movie of all time. I mm. love it. Would you say almost like, kind of like comparing this to pro wrestling a little bit, like the moment you see Phoenix in that role, it just kind of has that it factor. You're just automatically yeah. drawn to it. And then like, like you said too, at the end of the movie too, like, Almost like it's building slowly, 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 and then when it gets to the part where he does kill his mother, it's fucking on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's outstanding. And, and that scene where he dances down the stairs is one of the greatest scenes in the history of fucking cinema. I was, and you know, the first time I went to see it, it was opening night, <laughs> and a, a buddy of mine, Aaron, was supposed to go with me, and of course he's laid out. So I went by myself. You know, I'm sitting here by myself, you know, probably on the FBI watch list now. <laughs> But and it was great because, like, you know, there was hardly there weren't many people there, and I can laugh at all the stuff that you're really not supposed to laugh at. Mm. But I'm like, well, nobody's judging me, so it's fine. Yeah. And it's it's just it's a really it's a dark movie. Like it really is. It's like not like any superhero or comic book movie I've seen. No, it very much. If you were to compare it to anything, it almost tells the story of a school shooter by making it almost him as sympathetic as he can be like these are the reasons this guy became who he is right absolutely and, and, and it's like you find yourself like rooting for him or at least i do and i still it's like i'm in the wrong because he's obviously the person that's you know in the wrong here but i still find myself sympathizing with him it's like man this guy's been treated like crap now also keep in mind that's his um step telling of the story so he may be full of shit you know what i mean yeah the thing I liked about it was his dedication to killing that third Wall Street guy. You had the two down, this last guy was crawling away, but it's like, you know what? Fuck this. And that seemed to be where, like, the first switch really went in his mind, where he went from kind of mild-mannered and crazy to more, like, the crazy is coming out. And I would say you almost see it in the scene with the lady at social services where she's trying to tell him they're shutting down and he's basically saying like, you're not hearing me. Like until a little while ago, it was like nobody saw me. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and that's when he finally felt seen. And when he did, it was when the whole Joker thing took off during the city. I was just gonna say real quick too, one thing I really liked about it, and really in this movie, but I noticed it like with certain super villains, like even Thanos, like there's this moral code that some villains have. And like in this case, you see it with, where he doesn't kill Gary, the small person. And you don't think he's gonna kill him, he goes, Gary, you were always fucking nice to me. He lets him go, and I'm like, that's what But he will fuck with him on the way out well, yeah. before he unlocks the door. <laughs> well, he's a joker, that's okay, right? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, same thing with Thanos, too, because it's like, 
Like, I love the event. Like, I love Joker, obviously. But the Avengers movies were fucking badass. And at the end of Infinity War, when he wiped out half the population, it's like I said to my wife afterwards, I'm like, you know, it's sad that I talk about this stuff, like, outside of the theater. But I said to my wife, I'm like, yo, Thanos, he's not wrong. She's like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he definitely had the right idea, but I mean, you guys knew when we were having Zouch on, there was going to be grocery store talk, there was going to be Joker talk, but let's get into the reason that people g- came here for. How did you first get into wrestling? Like, what are some of your early memories, early favorites? How did you first see it? Okay, so I'm going to date myself a little bit here, or age myself. So, uh, the very first time I saw wrestling, and I'm almost certain this word was, was either 79 or 80 mm. and I happened to like come downstairs and my dad was watching wrestling and it was as I remember and I could be wrong I know for sure one wrestler was Big Bachwinkle and I thought he was wrestling Spike Humor but I, I could be wrong now because again it's been, it's been a really long time and I was I was hooked immediately like one of the guys was you know with the proverbial crimson mask so I was like immediately drawn to this. I'm like, what is this? This is crazy. And I just, I never stopped watching. I watched just AWA at first because I didn't know if there was anything else. Cause you know, we lived in Arlington Heights. It's like not in Chicago, but um, close to it, like an hour away. To me, that's close. And um, all we had was AWA. I didn't know there was an NWA. I know there was WWE. I know any other promotion. Uh, so we got cable. And then I happened to turn on, I think, USA Network. And it was like Bob Backlund against George the Animal Steel. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> no idea who these guys were. And the same thing, I hooked right away. Same thing with Georgia Championship Wrestling. And, and, and I've never, like, I, I don't watch Raw weekly now. Just because if I didn't have a job, I would have, like, a little more time. I, I don't, that's a long, that's a lot of time to invest in one TV show, I mean, three hours is a lot of fucking time, so I, I do watch the highlights and stuff, but there's other shows I still watch weekly, like NXT, AEW, and I'll still try, I'll watch those every week. Yeah, same here. You know what's funny is, the first, I'm 43, the first okay. memories okay. I have, okay. yeah, the first memories I have are actually uh, Bob Backlund putting a chicken wing on Big John Stud, nice. and Jimmy Snuka, I don't remember who, but diving off the top rope, so the super fly to chicken wing, and it's funny, we were just talking about this this week with our other co-host, AJ, and he's not really that big into, like, he doesn't care that there's no crowds in wrestling right now. Like, that doesn't bother him, which I said is kind of odd. But for me, I didn't grow up in Chicago, but I will tell you, as a kid, Chicago is one of those crowds. I always remember, like, especially when the NWA or WCW came to town, and it was, like, just one of the ruckus, rowdiest crowds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went up. As long as I've watched and loved pro wrestling, I honestly haven't been to that many live events or house shows, whatever we want to call them. But we, I went to, I went to see Nitro pretty much every time I was here, and we went to the Nitro in '97 where Rodman showed up, hmm. wow. and him and, and then he just him and Hogan and the NWO they jumped Giant and Luger, and the crowd, and, and we were pretty close. I don't know how close, we were close enough to see everything. And all of a sudden, I'm like. Hit with beer, I'm like, what the hell's going on? People just start like literally 
the rate, just like the fashion of music, just like literally the deer and pop and stuff like this is fucking phenomenal. Mm. This is, I, 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 I so, and that's why I was like such a big fan of like the Monday Night War and the Attitude Era. And I like every, like, I like every era. But what I like most about that, because when I was growing up watching wrestling, I was like an outcast, which was fine. But I always wanted wrestling to be more popular. I want people to see and wrestling what I saw. Because I don't watch sports, I don't care about fucking football base, I don't watch any of that shit. For me, that was a sport. I don't predetermine, but that was my sport. So when it got popular, I saw me wearing Austin 316 suits, NWL suits, and Diamond Dallas Page suits, and Gold, and then finally people are starting to realize how great this is. I was so happy. And now, anytime I see a wrestling shirt, I'll stop for it. I'm like, hey, I like wrestling too. And they're like, dude, you're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. I had a guy in the uh, bathroom the other day. I was washing my hands at work, and I've got a bunch of wrestling pins on my hat. And he goes, oh, man, you like wrestling? And I looked over at him, and I'm like, oh, is the bathroom really the place to talk about that, bud? <laughs> and then, like, he likes my big gold, uh, I've got the big gold belt pin on my hat, but it says Goldberg on it. He goes, oh, man, I love Ric Flair. I'm like, oh, me too. I wish it said Ric Flair. And then as I'm explaining the Goldberg thing to him, like, I'm getting way too nerdy for this guy. He's he's just high off crack and wants to say, bud, I love wrestling. Let me get the fuck out of here. Right, let me wrap this up. And this guy's how about oh, yeah. second title reign. He's like, yeah, it's great. I got to go cycle. <laughs> now, did you ever, so you basically never fell out of love with wrestling. You've just nope. been into it the whole time. Yes, there was never, it's funny because almost everyone I talked to fell out of it at one point. I, I never did, even when I discovered girls, and not that I really discovered very many, but <laughs> I, I was never like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to watch wrestling. I think the only time I was ever, like, really turned off was with uh, Chris Benoit. And I'm like, I need to take a break. I think I took, like, literally, like, a two-week break from wrestling, and then I was back at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I've always, always liked it. Always liked it. Now that you brought up Benoit, that's kind of... I mean, it's back in the news, obviously, because the upcoming Vice show coming out. Where are you with Benoit? Like, were you a fan before it happened? Do you have trouble kind of reconciling being a fan with him to this day? Like, how do you feel about that? So... I was a huge fan, huge fan. He wasn't my favorite, but he was up there. When everything went down, when they said he died and his family died, and I'm like, and I didn't think anything of it because I, you, you never think like, oh, he might kill him. At least I didn't. I'm just like, okay, they must not have, they must have been carbon monoxide poisoning. And my wife's like, you don't think he can afford a carbon monoxide detector? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're thinking any reason why I could still like this guy and your wife's like, Right, yeah, he's got the money. Smart one, like no, that's not how it works. <laughs> Once I knew what happened, he was, he was, I, I was done with him. I said at that time, I'm like, oh, I fucking hate this fucking guy. I think now, I mean, it's been it'll be 13 years this year. I don't, I'm just, I don't have any kind of opinion at all. I will say this, I with the documentary that just came out, I obviously everybody watched it. When I saw footage of him in Japan and stuff, I was like, because they showed like little clips and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, man. He was so, he was just such a fucking good wrestler. Mm. It's, it's the, and it, it, the, the biggest tragedy is that, you know, his wife and, and son and him too are all gone. Regardless of what the circumstances were, I mean, that's, that's still the end result. The only good thing that came out of it was that people are a little more, you know, sensitive about concussions. Because you would hear about wrestlers getting concussions back in the day, and they'd probably just get right back in the ring like it's all just a bad heading. And that's 
obviously we're finding out now that's not Yeah, I like I personally was a big fan of Benoit growing up. Yeah. It all happened during the time that I wasn't paying attention to wrestling. And oh, then okay. now that I've got back into wrestling, it's still it's a huge tragedy, but for me, I still I enjoy the matches. I enjoy watching him. It's I guess it's a weird way I can compartmentalize it, but sure. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times on here where we're all fans. We we'd like the discussion to keep going about him, but in a way we understand why it's like, look, what happened happened and it's it's kind of that weird like I'm going to almost compare it to like Pete Rose in baseball. He's probably never getting in the Hall of Fame. And it's just one of those things that people have accepted. And You know, I would say, just, just thinking about it now, because I watched the first part of that documentary. Uh, yeah, me too. Well. It was right. very good. And I will say this, almost like not to compare it to like a story like the Joker, because it's real life, obviously, and people die. But uh, Darkseid did a really good job, not necessarily making him, you know, a sympathetic character, but we basically are, they're telling the story of, like, how Eddie Guerrero really affected this guy. And that was something I never really thought about that. You know, you think about, oh, this guy lost someone close, but you're realizing, well, wait a minute, this might have affected him a lot harder than we even realize, where Eddie's wife is having to console him at times. Well, just yeah. his crying on Raw, that... Yeah. That's the kind of emotion that you didn't see from Chris Benoit up until then. Like, right. honestly, the only emotion you really saw from him was violence. Go back and watch. Yeah. Uh, In the ring, obviously, but. WWE produced a DVD with him after uh, WrestleMania 10. And uh, there's a part on there. Uh, I want to say it's his dad. And I, I watched it later. Nobody, I, I always remember this kind of stuck out. I never thought this was going to happen. I want to say way. it's called Hard Knocks, and I'll tell you why yeah. I remember the name. But his dad basically said, yeah, he was always kind of a quiet kid, almost to the point you'd be concerned. And that was there's that line in there. And I went back and I watched it that like years later. And I'm like, did he say it? I'm like, oh, yeah, he did. But, I mean, I didn't think of it at the time. And I never even years later did. Well, no, you find out he was a timid kid, and he really wanted to get into wrestling. He was tiny. Yeah. And he... It was almost as if he just picked the wrong role model. Not like any role exactly. model. Right, right. Yeah, not like any role model is going to be the best in the business, but the dude has a flying headbutt mm-hmm. and is known to be a bit of a cunt. Yeah. Was known to be a bit of a cunt. Yeah. He's dead now. I'm not going to disrespect him. He's still got nephews wrestling. Yeah. We'd like to interview him. <laughs> yeah, maybe not after this one. Yeah, maybe not after this episode. Whatever. But yeah, it's just, it's a tragic story. There's a. Uh, book called Ring of Hell, written by this guy, Matthew Randazzo V, that I always thought was a real good explanation of what happened, and kind of examined it looking up. The voice documentary is like, the next best thing on that list. Yeah, yeah, that, that Ring of Hell was real good. And that's, you know, and I'm almost to the point where almost anything I see or read, I'm just, I think I've been watching wrestling too long, so I don't believe anything anymore. Mm. Even when this coronavirus first started, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> But now I'm finding out that they're probably not. Um, <laughs> but like, with, when you read Ring of Hell, Benoit sounded like he was a real shitbag his whole career. Like, mm. he sounds like he was just a jerk-off. Obviously, there's a big difference between being a jerk and being a murderer. But he always sounded like he was almost like a sociopath, like just a fucking a goof. Yeah, like, oh man, I, I missed that leg drop in the ring. Let's go in the back and do a thousand Hindu squats because, right. because I need to do it to its own. Yeah, right, exactly. That's, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, he was, I mean, like I said, he, when I, like if I watch like old nitros and his matches come on, I'll watch them. But I, I'm just so like, just emotionally detached. Like it's, just, and, and, and I'm not like actively trying to emotionally detach myself from it. I just am because it's been, 
so long, and no matter how long it's been, he still did what he did. You know, it is not up to me or anybody else to say like, oh, I, I forgive that one. No, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a big fan, so anytime I get a chance to bring him up, I kind of want to explore like how people are with it, like can you reconcile it? it either way it's a tough thing and we watch when we watch wrestling we just kind of want to escape real world problems not think sure. about them deeper yeah exactly and that's kind of how i get too like if i like and we don't have to jump too that far down the rabbit hole but like when i watch like for a long time when i would watch wrestling because i was reading the observer and the torch and i was a smarter i thought i was a smart mark <laughs> and i would sit there and i was over analyzing every segment and i'm finally like you know what i'm not enjoying this so I'm just gonna watch it just the same way I did when I was like 10. And just, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. But I'm not gonna analyze who they should push because it doesn't fucking say Chris WE, it's WWE. So if, I, I'm not making any money or losing any money no matter who they push. So whatever they wanna do is fine by me. I'll watch it and if I don't like it, I'll fast forward. That's fine. And I try to do that with wrestling where because people are like, oh, you know, this guy's an asshole. It's like, yeah, he may be an asshole. That's not necessarily Ben Wong, but just like other wrestlers. Like Joey Janela, even though he's not very good, in my opinion. People are like, oh, he's a fucking insult to the business and blah, blah, blah. But if he's good, I'll still watch it. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like, it's, I'm not, I have no involvement in professional wrestling other than as a fan. So how these guys make money off of pro wrestling is of no consequence to me. Now, if it's somebody like, Cornette, who's actually made a living in every single facet of the business, when he's critical of current product or current stuff or whatever, I'm fine with that because he actually has some skin in the game. I have none. So I'm not going to say, oh, this is an insult to the business. Like, well, the business insults itself every day. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's been insulting right. itself for a long fucking time. Yeah, it's just developing into what it is now. And it's like you either kind of like the newer product or you don't. Like recently with WWE, it's led me to where... I wasn't enjoying Raw, I'm not enjoying SmackDown, these pay-per-views are kind of garbage. I pick and choose, I watch it here and there, like if my brother wants to watch an event together, yeah, let's get together and watch it, but I'm not as much a week-to-week watcher anymore, like MLW has my interest, NWA has my interest, New Japan, AEW, like AEW does sports entertainment, but to me, they're doing a more palatable version of sports entertainment. Yeah, I think so too, for sure. Or at least it's just more interesting. Yeah, I've been enjoying just about every episode of AEW. I missed one I, like two weeks ago, but this one that I just watched this past week with Matt Hardy coming out. If anybody didn't see it, I apologize if Matt Hardy comes back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt Hardy's there. I'm like, this is fucking... And, and especially given the circumstances of wrestling just in front of other wrestlers. Yeah. So it's not like they have an audience to play off of. And it's, you know, it's not like that's something that's been done before. So there's no, you know, blueprint on how to present that kind of professional wrestling or sports entertainment. So I really enjoy it because it's something, anything different, unless it's like really stupid, anything different I enjoy because it's like, okay, this kind of outside the box, I'll take it, let's try it, you know? You know, if it's that variety show thing of wrestling where it's like, you like wrestling, but have you seen it this way? Yeah. Right. You know, you know what's funny is I was saying a couple weeks ago before this started, when they were just starting this, I thought, oh wow, WWE has that performance center. Like, not even NXT, but SmackDown and Raw, they can put like extras in the crowd, like, because they have so many wrestlers we haven't seen before this happened. Yeah. But they didn't even do that on Raw or SmackDown, and then AEW did. I'm like, how did the WWE not do this? And I like NXT week to week for the most part. I think they're awesome. But like, I didn't understand like how nobody could like put like those extras in the crowd. 
and then AEW went and did it. I'm like, how did they do this? Like, you know what I mean? They don't have a fucking performance center. That blew my mind. Especially since you always, like, you watch shoot interviews and stuff or whatever, you hear about how much of an attention to detail person Vince was. Like, it, mm-hmm. when they would make the old WWF posters, if, and they would, you know, they would take a picture of the crowd. If there were a couple empty seats, Vince would say, no, 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 you know, Photoshop, whatever. Right. You know, and for him to die, and maybe just, you know, he, and it's a different time now, too, because they're juggling so many different things. Sure, sure. But how, how could nobody have said, like, you know what? You guys aren't doing anything anyways. Just go sit in the crowd, you know? Yeah. I mean, and just cheer and boo, you know? I gave... I'm surprised they didn't do that. I gave NXT a pass this week just because I think they canceled TakeOver, like, literally that day. It was announced that day it was going to be a two-day WrestleMania, and then we haven't heard anything about TakeOver. Yeah, Next yeah. thing you know, we're getting a review show. I'm like, okay, this probably was a last-second thing. And how about Mania getting put in the Performance Center now? Like, you're taking the biggest event of the year... And yeah. you're making it no different than Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I don't know. What, like I said, I, it's something different, so I think it's kind of cool. But it's it's just such a it, it, times are so much different now. It's so weird that you would think that Vince would say, you know, let's wait till August. Yeah. And we can WrestleMania then because it's not like it's WrestleMania is always in the spring, but it's never on the same day. So it's not like extra so it has to be in the spring. You can put it in summer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that he wants to, but he could in the case of a virus outbreak or something. Yeah. So I'm surprised they didn't do that. But maybe he just said, you know what? If, if we're if these are the angles we're going with right now, we're just going to keep going as, as if you know as if everything's going fine. So I mean, I guess it's kind of a good thing. I guess because otherwise, I mean, you have to. Pro- I mean, you better try to prolong Goldberg and Roman Reigns. I mean, and I like both guys, but God, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see it anyways. I'm not. Right. Wait six months for either, you know? Yeah, that, that storyline's got a shelf life. Yeah. I, I was gonna say, it, what is interesting, though, is to see guys like, you know, it's been awkward shows, but the few examples of, like, I would say for me, Edge, Cody, and even Bray Wyatt in his uh, thing, I thought there were certain people who really do well with the promo, despite not having the crowd, and they kill right. it. And it's like, that's kind of interesting to me. It's like, oh, okay, wow, these guys can do it no matter what. Yeah. And, and how many guys... WWE can't because honestly there may be a shit ton of guys there that could cut a good off the cuff promo mm. but we don't know because of, and I, I'm not backstage at WWE and I don't think any of us are but if, if they're over scripting these promos like they are you're never going to see how capable these guys can be Right, that's one of the things I love about NWA you see good promos on NBA Power there might be a bad one here and there but they're giving everybody a chance Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, listen, if they're bad, that's okay. Right. It doesn't mean that they, you can't. Listen, baseball teams lose games. It doesn't mean they fucking never play again. You know what I mean? It's like if you have a bad promo, okay, you practice and then you get better, or you don't and you are good at it and then you just don't do promos. Exactly. You know, and I think it's and you know they're running WWE's running like a, basically a gigantic television conglomerate at this point so I'm sure Vince is like okay everything has to be down to the minute down to the second because we have advertising assistance so I in, in one respect I get it but on the flip side it's like you know you're not helping these guys they're not going to get any better if you're doing it for them yeah like the old timers they'd know how to do their promo and almost hit the mark on instinct like okay I gave you two minutes there right and if they didn't give you two minutes they gave you a minute 53 so you're like you're good right yeah, it's. I like I said. I mean, some of these guys can even with the scripted promos, they're still good. Like I think Kevin Owens is a good promo and stuff. But mm. overall, it's like God. Yeah, these guys can be so much better if you just let them try. Just let them try, and then if they suck, then you know 
back him up a little bit, but at least give him the opportunity. Yeah. Now, these days, people really seem to like either classic wrestling or the newer product. You seem to be a fan of both. Like, how do you balance your enjoyment between the classic stuff and then what goes on today? It's kind of hard to say. To me, because when people say, when people say, you know, it's, pro, it's, it's sports entertainment today, back in the day it was pro wrestling. To me, and this is just my opinion, I'm not saying I'm right, but to me, it's always been sports entertainment, or it continues to be pro wrestling, because the basic fundamentals are still the same. You have a ring, you wrestle, whoever wins, wins, and whoever doesn't. There may be more facets to it now, like there's a lot more backstage stuff, there's a lot more this, that, the other, but that's been going on since the mid-80s. You know, ever since, you know, Team Tuesday Night Titans and Saturday Night Band, they started doing, like, skits and da Even in world class, when they would do, like, you know, personality profiles where, like, Jimmy Garvin was Kerry Von Erich's, or, excuse me, David Von Erich's, like, farmhand for a week or whatever it was, or a day. There's always been aspects of, like, the entertainment side. So, to me, while it's a lot different, in my eyes, it's still the same. The fundamentals are still the same. I think that the wrestling that I, I don't want to say the wrestling I grew up with, but the wrestling I grew up with, in my opinion, is a lot better than what's out there today, but there's also stuff that's out there today that I think is better than what I saw when I was younger, if that makes sense. Yeah, I almost feel like the storytelling and the characters were better from back in the day, where today it's almost work rate, athleticism, and the amount of crazy things you'll see people attempt and try. Sure. And, And I... I'm a big fan, a big mark for that stuff too. Like I, I do like when they have just like a spot monkey match because here's the thing. Because I'll see somebody like they'll post like a clip. Like here's a, let me say this. My favorite wrestlers of all time are Roddy Piper and Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. There is a, and Terry Funk has been wrestling for you know 150 years, so mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty fucking old school. And I love Nick Bachman. I love all that stuff. But what I like about them is that they were different than everybody else. If everybody had a match like Johnny Valentine. Then a Johnny Valentine match would mean shit because they're all wrestling exactly the same. That's what made, to me, like Ric Flair or or Funk or Piper, that's what makes them stand out. If every match was like a Terry Funk match, then Terry Funk would just be another guy. That's why I like different stuff. If they had, I mean, you know, the Invisible Man matches, I mean, those are kind of silly, although I will admit I was fucking laughing my ass off when I watched Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. But, <laughs> but if you do all matches like that, then yeah, it's going to be... You know, it's going to be stupid. I like that there's a variety. I'm not saying you have to have silly stuff, but I don't necessarily think that it's terrible to do that either. You just have to try to find the right balance, and you have to find the right crowd. Like, there's some people who want to see that kind of stuff, and some people are really not interested in that. So it's just kind of trying to find your niche and what you want to present. So like I said, to me, it's always... I'm always going to love wrestling unless they unless it goes away. I would never not be a fan of wrestling, even if, even if it's not always as good as I would like it to be, I'm still going to support it any way I can. Now, similar to Josh Dunn, who we interviewed earlier, I'm familiar <laughs> I'm familiar with you through both the Book in the Territory, the Mothership Facebook fan groups, and Rockin' Randy's. Now, what drew you to both those podcasts and then the Facebook groups associated with them? Because I get an endless kick out of both the shows and the Facebook groups, but there's something about the people in those groups that the sense of humor pops me, the memes are on point. How did you get attracted to the podcast and then those groups? Okay, so with the 605, I I, I was listening to Cornette's podcast, and at the time I didn't really listen to his podcast. I don't even know why I was listening to it, but I I had it on, and Brian was his co-host. And 
Ryan was talking about this show called The 605. And I'm like, well, there's no classic stuff. I'm probably going to like it. So I started listening to that like in 2016. So they were already like maybe six or seven episodes in. I don't remember. It was even, still living Biggs at the time. And they're talking about like, you know, their top ten. And they're talking about like the Slip House Boys and just like... Sun and fun. Nonsense. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? Mm-hmm. But... And I was working overnights at the time, so my buddy and I, he was in normal school. Like, he, why, he had not trusted in years, but he was listening to it with me because, you know, I was in charge. So he was like, what was But we're fucking laughing our asses off. Like, what the fuck are they talking? Who is your mom of the jungle savage? What is this? So I've just been, I've just been a fan ever since. It's just, a, it's a great, I, I love that show. It's a great show. As far as booking the territory, I listened to it one time, and I did not like it. Because they were talking about something like really, like really raunchy, and not I'm not, I'm not like a prude or anything, but I'm like, man, I can't listen to this with the kids in the car. It's terrible. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't really like this. But somebody told me I should at least join the page. I'm like, oh, I'll join. And everyone's just like posting like you know inappropriate memes all the time. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. And somebody said something about the show, and I didn't get it. I'm like, oh yeah, what are you talking about? And Mike Mills is like, what the fuck? Don't you listen to the show? And I want to say, well, I didn't really like it. So I went, so I went and listened to it again. I'm like, okay, this because if you hear Harper, Doc, and Mills talk, it would just be like me talking like two of my, like the three of us just talking, just you know, three idiots. You guys aren't idiots, but three idiots just talking about fucking wrestling. I'm like, this is how I would act. So I, I've been, I've been hooked on that show ever since. And that's a really calibre show. It's like an hour and fifty minutes. I was like, dude, perfect. Like, yeah. And it's always solid laughs. Now, it's funny that you bring up overnights when listening to the 605 because at our grocery store, sometimes we'll do overnight inventories for the fresh departments. Oh, jeez, yeah, that sucks. And if a 605 comes out around that time, I save it for the overnights, and somehow 605 became my overnight thing because I can count all day with just having them go off in the back of my head, like listening to Brian's dad talk about Sun and Fun, the Slip House Boys, and thinking, who the fuck, what actual tag team was this that he somehow, like, fucked the name up on? Right. It has to be John Titan, Taylor, Rod Price. It has to be. It has to be. God, but yeah, just everything about that show and like booking the territory, another one where it took me a little while to get into it. But then once I was in, I'm like, you know what? I have to be on their Patreon. And actually, a little story. I took my shot at trying to get Mike Mills this week, sent him a Facebook message. I listened to the podcast, so I realized it's not something he's going to be able to fit in. But he, I told him actually I was going to have you and Josh Dunn on. And he said that you guys were both solid dudes. And that's, it's crazy to hear a podcast host talk about you going, that dude's solid. Just because he knows you from the Facebook group. He's like, I've laughed at some pretty fucked up memes that he shared. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a great show, and it's funny because maybe like a year ago, Mike got into it with a friend of mine. I'm not gonna say who it is in case you guys don't like him or in case you're like, yeah, it was a friend of mine, and I, I left the page. I'm like, I'm not gonna be here if you're gonna treat my friend like this. Now, my other buddies are like, hey, you need to come back to book in the territory. Mills is asking about you. I'm like, you don't even know who the fuck I am. We weren't friends at the time, but you don't even know who the fuck I am. Like, yeah, he, he goes on there and asks when you're coming back. Like, no, he doesn't. So they, like, sent me a screenshot. He's like, hey, where's Zaha? I'm like, what the fuck? How does he even know who I am? <laughs> so I went back and I wrote the page. I'm like, I would like to apologize for <laughs> You upset a friend of mine and did a show of, uh, you know, whatever. I quit, but I'm back now. <laughs> 
And I've got to say that you've got one of the most unique senses of humor in there. I mean this as the biggest compliment, but it's not going to sound like it. Like, your sense of humor almost comes off to me like jazz. Like, if you get it, it's hilarious. If you yeah. don't get it, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> yeah. And that's, listen, I laugh at stuff that is not funny. Like, it's literally, there's nothing funny about it, and that makes me laugh even harder. It's not like, there's this way, and you won't. You would, as Joker would say, you wouldn't get it. If you see it, I, I will describe this meme to you, and if you see it, you won't laugh. But I could not stop laughing. So there's a meme. It's it's one. Do you remember when they came when Infinity War came out, and they had those memes that said it's like society. Infinity War is the most ambitious crossover of all time. Yes. And then it'll be, and then, okay, that shows something else. So there was the same concept here. Infinity War is blah blah blah. And then it had a picture of a guy dressed up like Shrek and Garfield just standing next to each other. <laughs> and I was, I'm laying in bed with my wife and she's like one in the morning and she's sleeping. I'm fucking, I'm crying. I'm just trying so hard to not wake her up. So I go on Facebook and I tag her. I'm like, listen, I'm very sorry. I'm about to wake you up because I can't fucking stop laughing. And I lay, I roll over and I'm fucking busted out laughing. She's like, what's so funny? I'm like, you gotta see this meme. And she looks at it, she's like, they're, they're, it, what are you, it's not funny. <laughs> and then I couldn't, then I lost it complete. I couldn't, then I couldn't stop laughing. It's hilarious to me. It's been over a year. I don't know. I got a weird sense of humor. Now that kind of was leading into the question, like, what do you find funny and what makes you laugh? Because me, it's weird. It's all over the place. Sometimes yeah. especially dark humor can be where I find the joke at. I don't know that there's I, I like dark humor I like all, I like stupid humor I like slapstick I don't know that there's anything that I wouldn't unless it's like has to do like child abuse then it's like okay I kind of shy with that <laughs> but like anything else it's I don't know if it's racist obviously I'm not going to find that very funny um, but I'll laugh at just about anything it, it just, like I said it, it's, again some things make me laugh harder than others some things are hilarious to everybody else and to me I'm like eh I guess that's kind of funny. Hmm. But you show me a picture of Shrek and Garfield, and I completely lose my mind. So, <laughs> it, 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 I'm all over the place. So, you know, like I said, that Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. So Invisible Stan comes out to the ring. Now he's invisible, right? So there's nobody actually there. And the fans start chanting, holy shit. And I fucking lost it. I'm like, because it's, it's hilarious. They're chanting, holy shit. And nothing, and the fans are high-fiving nothing. I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this is, I mean, this may not be everyone's cup of tea for pro wrestling, but I think it's goddamn hilarious. <laughs> and it's funny, like, I ask that question, but if you ask me what I find funny and what makes me laugh, I almost couldn't pinpoint it the same way. It's just one of those things that the memes always kill me. I think it's yeah. just the general sense of humor in the booking the territory group. Cause yeah, for sure. When I go to the grocery store, I share memes that I find on booking the territory, and almost the number one thing I hear is, "Where the fuck did you find that?" Like, same thing. I do. Yep, yeah, I do the same thing. Like, what the fuck, dude? I'm like, dude, it's amazing. Stuff. Yeah, it was a girl with no arms and no legs holding the clapper in like her top two nubs, and. <laughs> I showed it to my mom thinking, that is the funniest thing I've seen. And she goes, what is wrong with you? Why would you send somebody that? What if they know somebody like that? And I'm like, mom, somebody with no arms and no legs 
easily you know somebody that's missing an arm, maybe like a piece of something, but like three out of four, four out of four, I don't know any torsos. <laughs> like I'm safe here. <laughs> Following you on, fa- on Facebook, you own a pit bull. I gotta ask, how has that been for you? I only ask because I owned a pit bull, and I found it an interesting challenge as time went on. Okay. I, I have three dogs. I have two pits, and I have a mid-pit something. I don't know what the fuck she is. So our older pit bull is fantastic. He's great. He doesn't growl. He just wants to sit around. But he doesn't do a shit like The pit bull we just got in the fall, she has a shitload of energy. She jumps on everything. She bites, but she doesn't bite like with aggression. She just wants to play all the time. She's never ever had any aggression at all. Uh, that I've never been in a, like oh, I've never been afraid to keep her like with the kids or anything. Yeah. But I, as far as like as far as dogs go, I mean I've had dogs almost my whole life. They're fucking great. I have no complaints. I mean I wish you would calm down a little bit, but I would say that about any dog, whether it's a pit bull or not. What challenges did you have? Did it like attack you or something? Or? Well, we got him as a rescue, and we did have the problem with the high energy. There was definitely no small animals around him. Like, if he saw a cat, he was on it. Yeah. The smaller animal aggression was a thing. And right. I had a couple, like, close calls with Buddy's kids where eventually it was like, look, I'm going to keep this dog kind of away. Like, he's good with people. Yeah. Other dogs, it was hit or miss, and eventually... Since it was just me living alone, I kind of kept him away from my brother's dogs, even though he lived with them for a while. So I just felt the responsibility of, I know how people look at this dog. I know how the dog acts with me, but I have to be like aware of how he is in the world. Right. Oh, for sure. And, And that ends up pissing me off, even though I agree with you. I disagree with you at all. But I do get pissed because I've taken, I'm not sure if it was, so Piggy's the, Piggy's the one we just got, Bowie's the older dog. I can't remember if it was Piggy or Bowie I took to the vet just to get their nails cut or something. And the vet's like looking at their records and the vet's like, is he still aggressive? I'm like, no, he's never been aggressive. Where'd you get that? He's like, well, I don't know. We don't know. up. I don't know where they got that from. The only thing, the only thing I can guess is that we, uh, whenever I have them get their nails cut, I do have them muscle. Because I'm like, I don't know. And maybe he'll bite. I don't know. Because I don't yeah. cut the nails. Maybe he'll bite. Maybe he won't. Yeah, you're clipping his nails. I mean, if I clip my nail too much closer, it's what's a pit bull gonna do? Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like I, you know, I, I, I don't like cut my own nails, much less have somebody do it for me. So I would um. I just said that for their own protection. I'm like, listen, I don't want to snap that. And even like when we when we first got Bowie, I took her to the vet, and she's like, you know, how's you know how's he doing? I'm like, well, he's fine. You know, he wants to be left alone a little bit because he's new. And she's like, oh, you have to be careful with that. You know, he has kids. I'm like, okay, lady, I fucking know what the fuck I'm doing. Okay, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm like he's fine. I'm like, believe me, he's fine. And he is. He's fantastic. He's one of the best dogs I've ever had. Piggy, you know, she's fine. She just, you know, she just wants to eat everybody. Or that's wonderful. Yeah, and, like, I find them to be very lovable dogs. Like, I don't know what his situation was before we got him. It could have been... I mean, he was a good dog, but there was just that minor aggression throughout his time that it was one of those things about pits that just lives on. I I just had to ask because I had my pit bull for, like, 13 years, and... Oh, wow. I I always describe it as I loved him as a dog, 
but I don't know if it's necessarily a situation I would walk into again because it's like yeah, it's like having a kid that's a little off like look you give him a sharp object he might stab you I'm just warning you we don't trust the little one right now being a parent who's into wrestling are your children into wrestling at all nope <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried I when my son was real small, or not real, he just, he just turned 13 this past week. He got into WWE a little bit. We, I took him to a house show one time, and he was into it. Overall, no, they're not fans. I will say that I took them to an AAW, their local promotion here in uh, hmm. Chicago. And it was one of, uh, Liger was, the only reason I went was Jushin Liger was there. Hmm. And oh, wow. And I, I'm not going to give a shit. It's not like this guy fucking hangs out here. This is my chance to be Jewish and Thunder Liger. And I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. And it's not because I don't think he's good. It's just like, you know, I don't really follow Japanese wrestling. But I will say the stuff I see with him filming, obviously. Yeah. Like he's, he's a, even if I've never seen him actually, he's a fucking legend. He's Jewish and Liger, for Christ's sake. So I took my kids to that. It was, and it was actually my son's birthday. So I'm like, hey, you know. What other parents take their kids to be Jewish and Liger on their birthday? Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, great. But they loved it. Like, they were all like, they were barking out for Liger and believe it or not, Moose. Uh-huh. We, watched Moose we watched Moose wrestle Keith Lee and it was one wow. of the best facts I've ever seen. And I'm like, this goddamn Moose! <laughs> but it, was, it, was, it was exciting as fuck. So, and then that's the first time I saw Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Oh, wow. My kids, they, they didn't really boo anybody, but they turn to me when he starts his shtick. They're like, can we give him the finger? <laughs> like, and they're like, you know, 11 or and 8 or whatever, how old they were. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. And then I'm watching him do his shtick, and I'm like, go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> so, that was like the one person they just had a guttural reaction to. So, wow. uh, I, I, oh, and they went to the MLW pay-per-view with me last, uh, this, this past November, <laughs> and MJF was there again, and they're like, now you mentioned that your dad had watched wrestling do you and your dad like similar things or are you guys into different things i believe he's a coronet fan if i remember correctly yes so my dad just turned 86 last month his vision is almost oh. gone his hearing is pretty lousy I mean, over, I mean he's a decent health he just really can't see much he doesn't like like because his eyesight's so bad, I'll put on wrestling for him. He can barely see anything. Like he, it depends on we have like skylights, so it depends on how the sun comes in. Sometimes he can see it fine. Sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> so when we were when I was younger, we used to go to AWA shows. We went he, we went to a Spring Stampede '94, which is still one of my favorite shows of all time. Wow. Um, yeah. So he's he was big into the Steiners and Goldberg, Nash, basically everybody I like. He liked his favorite wrestler at one point, and this was fucking hilarious. So it's the year 2000. The Rock is huge. Uh, Austin's on his way back. He's huge. Undertaker. Uh, you got New Blood and shit going on at WCW. And my dad's favorite wrestler was Rhino <laughs> in ECW. And, um, and I love Rhino, too. Yeah. And I'm like, he, he would be like, he said, he was a huge ECW mark. It was hilarious. He was like in his 60s at the time. Maybe, yeah, about 60 or whatever. And he goes, I don't care what promotion we're talking about. There is not one wrestler as good as Rhino. I'm like, all right, I'll take your word for it. And he wasn't even, he was a TV chef. He wasn't even like world champion or anything. But I don't know what he liked about him so much. Maybe it was the gore, the fact that he beat up Sandman twice so many times. Mm-hmm. But he loved Rhino. It was 
was very strange, but I, I was a big fan too. Just not quite as much as my dad was. <laughs> that's awesome. Now that's kind of the main part of the interview we had for you. I got a couple lists I want you to go through real quick. I wish there was some way we could have ended with. And if you don't like that, you get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> We've been doing this segment called Favorites. And who's your favorite wrestler? Brian Piper. Favorite manager? Cornette. Favorite music album? I can only name one. You're not gonna let me cheat. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. You, Do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was that. gonna whatever you like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So my, all right, my favorite. I'm gonna give you three. So I apologize. That's right. <laughs> favorite music album is probably Motorhead, No Sleep Till Hammersmith. Mm. Also, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell. It's the first one with Ronnie James Dio. And one of my favorite non-metal albums ever made was Cosmos Factory by Creedence Clearwater. Ooh, that is a su- that's a solid top three. Like for me, it's always hard to pick a favorite album too because I've got my favorites right now. I've kind of got some all-time favorite albums. It's whatever's really kicking around in the head. So not sure, absolutely. So not the WCW Slam Jam album then? That's number number two. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Check it. Now, do you have a particular favorite memory of wrestling? Okay, I have a lot, but I'm gonna give you one. I won't cheat this. I'm gonna give you one. And again, this may be something you, you guys won't appreciate as much, but I will appreciate it. And that's really all that's important. <laughs> so, that's true. There was a period of time. So this is like '99 or 2000. I would always go by my brother's house every Monday. Every Monday night, we watch Raw. Night and we we flip between the two shows. And I don't remember what episode of the show it was, but I remember both shows being really really hot like just kick-ass shows so it's probably 99 and we're flipping back and forth and i'm like i was like 25 or 26 at the time and i just i just suddenly blurred out i was almost crying and i'm like i love wrestling all right great but i but it's true it's like sometimes i'll get like so overcome with like emotion about this shit because it's like i not not just i grew up with it but partially because i grew up with it when it's done well, if mm. I see a great match, like if it's like an NXT match, or even, that, I'll tell you, that fucking Darby Allen, that he is fucking awesome. I, I, I think it was him and Sammy Guevara from the pay-per-view. Yeah. And they had a hell of a match. And I was, oh, yeah. I was, fucking, I was marking the fuck out. I'm like, fuck, man. I love wrestling so Even now, 46 years old, I'm like, fuck, I love this shit so much. When it's done great, or when it's done up to my expectations, which tend to fluctuate, it's, I love it. It's great. Who would you say is your favorite musical artist? Motorhead by far. Hey. Motorhead by Billy Joel, believe it or not. <laughs> You've probably already answered this, but favorite Sabbath album, would it stay Heaven and Hell, or would you give something else the top spot? Okay, so let me let me backtrack a little bit here. So, for a lot, I, I grew up with Sabbath. I was a huge Sabbath fan until I discovered Motorhead, and I listened to Motorhead almost exclusively. When I... The last band I was in, when I joined that band, the guitarist was a huge Sabbath fan. He was a huge fan of Ozzy Sabbath. So I had, and I love Ozzy Sabbath too. I think maybe now I might actually enjoy the Ozzy era of Sabbath more. So with that said, I would either say Volume 4 or Master of Reality. Ooh, two solid hits. Volume 4 has got to be my all-time favorite. Just yeah. from that opening riff of, I believe, Wheels of Confusion, how it yeah. just yeah. hangs there and you're like, oh, God. Sounds like it is like even though I was like in a band, I can't really describe like because I sang, so I didn't really have any like real talent to say because mm-hmm. I can't play anything. But the way that song kicks in, it's almost it almost sounds like sad. Like that guitar riff sounds almost sad, and it's like where is 
just going. I don't know. I, I that that's a fucking fantastic album. I'll never shit talk that album. That album's phenomenal. The whole album's phenomenal. Yes. Now, do you have a all-time favorite family vacation, either with your family now or with your family growing up? Okay. I'm my family now because, like, when I was younger, like we would just go to like Minnesota. And they're all in Minnesota, but like we didn't do anything like super spectacular. My two favorite vacations, because I can't decide between the two, so I'm going to cheat again. We went to Tennessee uh, about three years ago. The four of us went to Pigeon Forge. And I can't describe why it was such a great vacation. It was just just a very nice vacation. So I I apologize. It wasn't a very good story. But (laughs) we went to Colorado two years ago. Have you guys ever been to Colorado? I have not yet, no. I've heard amazing things. Fuck, it is absolutely, it's stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. We went to Frisco, Colorado. I never even heard of Frisco, but that's where we went. And everyone's polite. I mean, they're probably high too, but everybody's polite. The food's great. It's just, it's just so nice. Like that's the best description I come with. It's just a nice place. I love it. I cannot wait to go back again. The problem is, my dad, you know, he's old, and we can't really go without him. But I can't really take him to Colorado because there is a big difference in elevation. Like you do actually legitimately have trouble breathing, or not trouble, but you, you have greater trouble breathing in that high altitude so I definitely can't bring him that so I need to wait for either so we can come babysit him or until he's gone which hopefully won't be for a while so but yeah Colorado I love Colorado I was, you know Colorado's my number one forget I said just Colorado <laughs> nice who's your favorite cra- classic wrestling personality probably probably Bogwinkle and Heenan together but then again see I love Tully Blanchard too so I, you know what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain from that because I really can't pick because I love the Freebirds, I love the Four Horsemen, I love Bogwinkle and Heenan, mm. I love you know Hogan. I guess you would consider him old school. Randy Savage. I, I can't pick one. I, I sincerely apologize, but I can't just pick one. We'll pick what may be an easier question. What's your favorite Iomi riff? Oh, oh that, that's not easier. <laughs> I, okay. For me, it's either the intro to the Wizard or Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, that really heavy part that drops in? I think that both of those are fantastic. I think Into the Void. Ooh, that is another good one. And, and I will say my favorite outro, my favorite IOP guitar outro, is either the outro on Dirty Women or Lonely is the Word, which is the last song on Heaven and Hell. Both of those are, and obviously Iron Man and War Pits, I mean, those are iconic, but the Dirty Women, even though that's on a weak-ish album, is one of the best songs they've ever fucking done. I love that song. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, sometimes with Sabbath, some of the best songs are either tucked away on albums you almost wouldn't expect, or like... Right, exactly. Just ones that people wouldn't know about. I don't know what's on Seventh Seal or Fallen Idol, but I know they gotta have some gold. Uh, Eternal Idol has, like, two good songs. But it's still, like, when I got, that was in eighth grade when I got that album. So to me, it's like, listen, it, it, I don't know who the fuck Tony Martin is, that was a singer. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is, but it's still Tony Iommi. It still says Black Sabbath. I mean, this is Black Sabbath. Yeah. I will accept it. That's fine. <laughs> now we're going to go back to grocery store talk for a quick bit. What is your favorite customer complaint? And I mean, the one that's popped you the most. For me, it's, we're in the middle of this crisis. You see everything on TV, and then people come up first thing in the morning and be like, what do you guys mean you're out of ground beef? Like, man, have you read the news? We ain't got shit. We ain't got carrots. If we don't got carrots, we ain't got ground beef. So, there's two. I'm going to use one current, and then I'll do a classic one, because I've been doing this for 29 years. So, 
I had a customer recently, I posted this on Facebook, but this is, some people post shit on Facebook and I know they're fucking lying. Mm-hmm. I can assure you, anything I post on Facebook actually happened. So, a customer called, and uh, let me also say, I have not had one bad customer interaction during this whole thing. Everybody has been super understanding, which is surprising mm-hmm. because I live, I work in kind of like a, not, you know, not kind of a high maintenance area, but mm-hmm. everybody's very nice, so I have no complaints about that. I had a customer call. He's like, do you have any uh, Horizon anything? I go, sir, honestly, you're better off just buying a cow. <laughs> and, and he popped, he did laugh. Uh-huh. And even if he didn't, I didn't care. Because I was being serious. Like, sir, you're better off just getting a cow at this point. We ain't got it. We ain't got the beef. You're going to get the milk? Uh-huh. Exactly, yeah. Don't <laughs> get that cow. We <laughs> had that one. And then years and years ago when I was a cashier, a customer came. Two things, I'll make, I'll make it quick. So a customer bought craft free dressing, you know, fat free dressing, right? <laughs> so I scan it. And he goes, why are you bringing that up? I'm like, well, don't you want to buy it? He's like, it says it's free. I'm like, no, it's it's fat free. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't want it then. I'm like, all right. So I take it off. And, and, and then another customer comes up to me, and he's like, he had a jar of mayonnaise. And it said, and I can't remember the exact date that it said, but it says something like March 1893. So he hands it to me, and he's like, you need to get this off the shelf. It's expired. I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, it says March 1893. I'm like, sir, that was 100 years ago. It's not from 1893. It's March 18th, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this store wasn't even 100 years ago. Was mayonnaise even there 100 years ago? Oh, my God. But, but I can't get mad because, you know what? I found... As I've gotten older, that all of us are stupid. Mm-hmm. We're all capable of saying something stupid. I had a customer come up to me, and they're like, "Do you have any jumper cables?" And I'm like, "Why is your battery dead?" Well, a fucking course they're battery. Fuck <laughs> what I ask that. But, but sometimes our brains stop working for whatever reason. So even when they ask me dumb questions, I don't even get mad. I'm like, I get it. Because we're all morons. That's okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And plus, working in retail as long as I am, you have to learn to accept stupidity. And just oh. deal with it. Oh, yeah. We've been stacking it up daily. Just the like i'm most tired when i get home from work because i'm answering the same questions every day like i told you guys earlier you guys don't have any more in the back ma'am i could promise you we don't have anything in the back i'm the best i love it like there's nothing else in the back i'm like ma'am there's nothing they're like are you sure (laughs) ma'am if there was stuff back there i'd probably be getting it and helping you (laughs) i wouldn't be having this conversation Exactly, and I guess it's just working in the grocery industry, you forget about it. Like, to quote an old Doug Stanhope joke, like, I'll get mad about something that I just found out yesterday. Like, oh, how do you guys not know that? <laughs> and it's like, we work in the grocery business. I Sometimes I take it for granted. That's exactly right, because, like, when people come up and, like, you know, they can't understand what the sign means, or they don't, you know, and I tell them, like, you know, I, I say to them, like, you know, the only reason I know is I work at a grocery store. If I was, like, you know, I wouldn't have any fucking food either. I don't mm-hmm. swear. Like, I wouldn't fucking know either. Yeah, because, like, just being in the store, I can find almost anything in the store, because I've walked around the bitch a hundred times. I know where the rolls are. I know where the, right. the tooth, the flossing toothpicks are. Yep, yep. And they're like, how do you know where everything is? I'm like, I spend a lot of time here. Yeah, you... You guys want to know where the organic uh, ice cream sandwiches are? 
halfway down aisle 24 on the left, right below the regular ice cream sandwiches. My career, my career is completely underground. What do you mean you own a bread roof? How does that work? How do you even do that? The store doesn't just deliver themselves? They don't, and I'm just like, I, I, I own a business. I, I actually had to fight the old Martins guy to the death in the back of a truck. It was like that old WCW match, and I guess I went over somehow. That's tremendous. That's how I got this Listen, it was a bread route on a pole match. Right, exactly. You got the cinnamon raisin off the thing, and now, now it's your burden for the next 15 years. Now, Chris, we're going to have... They just give you that, uh, you know, a little, um, one of those things, like a twist tie. You get your own twist <laughs> right, tie. You get the twist tie now. It's like the the mustard belt that they hand out for the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> exactly. Now, we're going to finish you off with a quick segment. We don't have a name for it. It's pick one or pick eight, pick a something. It's oh. basically, I give you two things. You just pick one out of it. Oh, cool. All right, good, good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Beetles or stones, and why? Stones. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Beetles and stones or eagles and stones? Beetles or stones. I just had this conversation with my oldest friend the other night. I'm going to pick the Beatles, but I'm going to give a caveat. I just, so my mother-in-law passed away a couple years ago, and this isn't a poor me story, but she was a huge Stones fan. So when she passed away, I'm like, no, I'm going to try to listen to these fucking guys. The Stones are fucking awesome. They're great. Um, the, the Beatles I grew up with, I listened to them through high school and continue to listen to them. So they're kind of a sentimental favorite. If you ask me five years from now, I may pick the Stones, because the Stones, they're like, the Stones are more of a party band. And they're a lot, the Beatles are very polished sounding band, whereas the Stones aren't. And that's what kind of like, you know what, I'm going to take the Stones. I'm going to take the Stones. Forget my original choice. See, I'm going to the Stones. It's, <laughs> it, it's tough for me, too, because like I like the Beatles, but there's a certain thing where you're having a couple beers and a Rolling Stones song comes on, and you're like, oh, the night is kicking off. Like, you don't hear Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and think we're taking this one to 11. Yeah, exactly. But you throw brown sugar on. Shit's on now, brother. Exactly. <laughs> now, this is going to be a tough one for you. Sabbath or Motorhead? Motorhead. Ooh, wow. I thought... I, I, no, I will always pick Motorhead over everything. Wow. Magic or Bird? Magic. Heath or Joaquin? Oh, man. <laughs> I should have left this for the headliner because yeah. I, I had a feeling this would be a stumper. I didn't know where you were with the older Joker movie. What did you think of Heath's performance, and how did you feel when Joaquin was almost redoing that role so soon? Okay, I mean, this could be not a long answer, but uh, I need to explain myself. So, as long as it needs to be. <laughs> Heath Ledger, phenomenal, like unbelievable. And the thing that was funny was when he was first cast. I remember reading online, people like, oh, fucking Heath Ledger, he's going to make a good Joker. I'm like, you know, if they chose him to be in the movie, he probably knows what he's doing. <laughs> and he was absolutely fantastic. I'm, I can't pick a favorite. If I, if I, if I have a gun, I have to pick one. But the thing with the Joker character, now, I've never seen Suicide Squad, so I can't judge Jared Leto. He may be terrible, he may be wonderful, I don't know. But what I like about every single Joker is that they all do it completely differently so when Cesar Romero did it that was his adaptation when Jack Nicholson did it he didn't say hey I'm gonna try to copy Cesar Romero he did his own thing with Mark Hamill doing the voice for the animated series he did his own thing Heath Ledger was completely unlike any Joker before it same thing with Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin Phoenix was a completely different Joker than any other Joker so it's hard for me to say 
this one's better, this one's better. I like the Joaquin Phoenix one more, but that's such a huge mark for the movie. But I think that it, I can honestly say that I think they're all the best. I know that sounds like a bullshit answer, but they're all completely different. Like, you would, you don't watch Jack Nicholson and think, oh, he's trying to act like Cesar Romero. He's not. He's doing his, what he feels the Joker is. Same thing with Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger took it to a whole other level. And Joaquin Phoenix, there's no, like, you never watch Joaquin Phoenix and think, like, oh, he's trying to act like Jack Nicholson. He's, he's not. He's just doing his, what he feels, his belief of what the Joker is. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's how you can tell you're a fan is... It's not easy for you to pick one particular one that you're like, oh, this is definitely... Like, I'm a fan of the old... The one from the old series from years ago. Jack Nicholson stands out in his own way. And then it's like Heath Ledger and Joaquin set this one-in-one-A bar now that it's so hard to give the crown to one particular guy because they're both extreme performances and amazing in their own way. Right, and the funny thing with Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is that he doesn't, there's no point in the movie, in my where he really acts like the Joker until the very, 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 very end, when he, after, so after he shoots Murray Franklin, and they, and they, the screen pans back, and they start to show, like, you know, it's on a bunch of little TV screens, and when Joaquin Phoenix looks in the camera, he goes, Good night, and always remember that's life. And then you hear him do the standard Joker. I can't do the Joker laugh, but he does like the kind of standard Joker laugh. That's the only time to me he really acts like the you know DC DC Comics adaptation of the Joker. You know what I mean? Like there was nothing else. Oh, I take it back. The dance scene down the stairs was fucking Jokerish. Well, that was. I would say the dance scene is when he's almost first feeling himself in that way and then the whole movie is like that prelude to the Joker that you know in your mind this is just showing you how does somebody get from Arthur Fleck to the Joker in that wild way yeah and everything and even the name Arthur Fleck it's such a fucking comic-y, booky sounding name. It's like, who came up with this? It's goddamn perfect. It's perfect. You know what I mean? Exactly. Look, if I knew an Arthur Fleck, I'd be like, hey, this guy might be a killer. He's got a shit this name. Exactly. He's a little weird. Tell me, yeah. <laughs> now, we got two last questions for you. This might be a tough one, but I know it's on your radar. Saturn or Dreamcast? Oh, Dreamcast. That's not even fucking close. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite Dreamcast game that you like throwing in it? Okay, I'm gonna pick a few, so I do apologize. Soul Calibur is fucking phenomenal. I would say it's uh, the definitive game almost. But for sure. Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and then while this game is not exclusive to the Dreamcast, it is one of the greatest video games ever made to this day. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. <laughs> oh god, that soundtrack. I, I could go on forever about it. Dude, if you ever wanna have me out again, and if you don't, that's fine. <laughs> if you ever wanna have me out again, we could literally just talk about Tony Hawk 1 and 2 for like three hours, and I'm not even fucking kidding. Oh, we will definitely have you on again, but one question to kind of finish off this time. 80s or 90s metal? 80s. I, ne- I, I never liked 90s music. In the 90s, I hated it. I like it a little bit more now, but never a fan. Oh, wow. See, for me... Why. I came of age during the 90s with the Panteras, the Metallicas, and I had an appreciation of their time in the 80s, but it was almost like the 90s was where it's at to me. Yeah, 
I think for me, like I like metal, but I believe it or not, like I'm kind of like like I like Jesus Priest, Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, you know, Dio and Motorhead, and, and you know, there's some other bands I like here and there. But like I like Metallica's first album. I can hardly listen to anything else they do with it. It's not because they're bad. I just I can't get into them anymore. I know maybe two Pantera songs. If Pantera showed up at my house and played for three hours, I'd go, who the fuck are you? Never was a Pantera fan. Not saying they're bad. Never a fan. Never a fan of Slayer. I know like two Slayer songs, same thing. They show up at my house, I'm like, I don't know who you guys are. Just, I'm just very, like, I'm really, like, quirky with my musical taste. Even though I like a lot of metal, I'm not a metal fan, if that makes sense. Mm. Gotcha. You like it, but you like what you like within it. It's almost like with wrestling. You like what you like, what you're not a fan of, you just don't mess with as much. Right. And, and I've also found that anytime. And this is one of my weird quirks, too. If somebody says to me, hey, you need to listen to this band, they're called Slayer, you'll love them, I will immediately not like them. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's because I, I have to discover stuff on my own, like, by accident. So, like, the very first time I heard Iron Man was when I watched the Road Warriors come to the ring. I went, what song is this? This sounds awesome. That's how I discovered Black Sabbath. My brother's... Uh, a friend of my brother's was like, hey, I got the new Motorhead. It was called Logic March or Die. He's like, I got the new Motorhead CD. He puts it on, and I was hooked immediately. I didn't know who the fuck Motorhead was. But it's just, I have to find it myself. And so anybody ever says, you need to go watch this or listen to this, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm already going to refuse it. Yeah, it's, and, uh, I just can't. It's, I, like I said, I have a weird, my brain is wired very strangely, so... Hey, that's why we wanted to have you on, because you have one of those sense of humors that I said. I see it in the Facebook groups. It's hilarious. I'm like, we got to have this guy on. <laughs> now, I got to say, I realized about three quarters of the way through the interview, I believe I'm saying your last name wrong. How do you pronounce it? Uh, okay, you are, but that's okay. Hmm. It's pronounced Zalha, but when I was a youngster back in the Stone Age, people always called me Zaha. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go with that because it's easier to pronounce. It just sounds like you're laughing when you put a Z at the beginning. <laughs> so, but people mispronounce my name all the time. They always have. I never correct any. I was gonna say it's like the same with me throughout the years. Like I pronounce it Cyart, but I'd have people go, Joe Cart? Yeah, that's me. Is that how you pronounce it? So I'm glad you said something that like okay. Because like there's some people I'm friends with, like they'll have like their full name, it'll be like, you know, Joseph or Christopher. I'm like, okay, did they actually go by that or they want me to call it a short name? And I know if it went by Joe or Joseph if it was C R or Cyr. Yeah. I won't say anything. But I'm right there with you where people say the name and it's like, Bud, you're talking to me, I know who you're looking at, you're good. Good analogy, exactly. And guys, this is another interview with the Working Fans Podcast. And as always, remember, that's life. <laughs> Chris, thanks for joining us. This was an excellent Thank you. talk. Thank we you. will definitely have you on again. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, well, take it easy. Bye. All right, Working Fans, welcome back to the 531. You got the disclaimer on the top of the episode. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's, it's the top five fucking... Yeah. I'm about as excited for this 531 as I think I might be for Mania itself. Three times, baby. Three times. Three times. I mean, we're going to watch it. By the way. Once, hopefully. I'll talk off the subject. Speaking of that, I know there's been a lot of shit talking about Mania, and I'm not crazy about it either, but did you catch any of the promos from Raw this week? No. Oh, man. I was listening to posts, and they were actually talking about how it was one of the better Raws since this whole thing went down. Yeah. So I decided to watch the promos. 
absolutely out of my favorite Undertaker, just being Mark Calloway. Yeah. Fucking killed it. Just to give you some highlights, he basically talked about how AJ's just pissed off because his wife did a better version of the Styles Clash. Okay. Yeah, and basically that he's going to hope those other ass clowns are there. And the only reason why they never wrestled before was because he hung out in a small pond and didn't want to compete with the big boys like Triple H, Shawn Michaels. And now what was odd about this, I know it was a good interview and I'm recommending it. He also did mention Booker T, Mick Foley, and several other guys who went to TNA. So yes. there's a little bit of humor in that too if you obviously follow along. Alright, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that I would say in the Edge one, Edge continues to knock this out of the park. But anyway, so fun fact, I'll give a little positive. Now let's uh, angry fuck this <laughs> bitch and do this right. Alright. We we got Rock and Randy's Rock and Wrestling Group. A couple of the members gave us some lists. Kevin Dignam gave us mm. Savage vs. Steamboat Wrestling. What's that name again? Ke- <laughs> Kevin Dignam. Alright. D-I-G-N-A-M. I thought you said Dick, dick Man. Alright. <laughs> Savage vs. Steamboat WrestleMania 3. Owen vs. Brett WrestleMania 10. Taker vs. Michaels WrestleMania 25. Savage vs. Flair WrestleMania 8. And Austin versus Brett, WrestleMania 13. Mm. What obviously Savage versus Steamboat stands out. Yep. Owen versus Brett, we're gonna hear. Oh, you're gonna hear this shitload, baby, because we've heard it a bunch of times. <laughs> it's the third time we're doing this shit. <laughs> Savage versus Flair is one that doesn't pop up on a lot of lists. No, that's a great WrestleMania eight card. Actually, no, I wouldn't say it was a great card, but there's two matches on that card that I talked about prior. It just feels like you're saying the same sentence. It does. It's going to be the first time some people hear it. But yeah, that Mania wasn't the best overall, but there are two gems in there, and that's Hart versus Piper and Savage versus Flair. All right, William Bozard, also from Rockin' Randy's group, had Brett versus Owen, WrestleMania 10, Brett versus Austin, WrestleMania 13, Steamboat versus Savage, WrestleMania 3. Flair versus Savage again, WrestleMania 8, and Austin versus Rock, WrestleMania 15. I'll tell you what, i have a little fun with this. While you name all these matches, I'm going to see if I can pick a classic match off that list of guys, like say Savage and Steamboat. Yeah. And I'll try to think of another classic match that maybe they had. I'm going to try to entertain myself throughout this, if anything, all right? So, if you've never seen it, go back to one of the Clash of Champions. I believe it was in July of 94. Steve Austin versus Ricky Steamboat for the U.S. title. Great matchup. I want to say uh, that's where Steamboat wins the U.S. title, and then he ends up retiring for a little while because he injures his back. All right. I don't know if I can do this to everyone. You got a lot of five through one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. He, we got a lot of lists. Ryan Demon, almost also from the group, had Steamboat versus Savage WrestleMania three, Michaels versus Angle WrestleMania twenty two, Owen versus Brett WrestleMania ten. Brett versus Austin, WrestleMania 13, and Rousey versus Becky versus Charlotte. Okay, how about a memory from each people, some of these, from people on these lists? All right, for me, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. What do, you, what do you remember about Kurt Angle? I remember a lot about Kurt Angle, but a moment that pops in my head is when he first showed up in TNA and he headbutted Samoa Joe on his first night. Very good. That's when he was all hopped up on the painkillers. Yeah, he's up on the painkillers. Then they had a promo afterwards where he said, for years, I heard about what a devastating and basically crazy killer Joe was. And all I found it was is that he was a bleeder. So, good stuff. Chris Zaha, this episode's guest, yeah. had Austin versus Brett, WrestleMania 13. Brett versus Owen, WrestleMania 10. Steamboat versus Savage, WrestleMania 3. Michaels versus Taker, WrestleMania 25. 
and Michaels versus Razor, WrestleMania 10. We've talked multiple times about how iconic that Michaels and Razor ladder match is. Hmm. What do you think it is about that match that makes it stand out so much over the years? Trying to get me off my memory track for this is bullshit. <laughs> That's all right, because you're right. WrestleMania 10. Man, it was really the first time we had a ladder match on that kind of stage. There were ladder matches in other companies at that time, but you know they weren't that much attention. And even there were some ladder matches in WWF. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had a ladder ladder match on Coliseum Home Videos Smack 'em Whack 'em. Check that out. I called the video store asking when that came in. <laughs> Razor and Shaw was the first time it was really on such a high profile. Were they ever worried that you kept wondering when Smack 'em Whack 'em's coming in? I made sure to say WWF's Smack 'em Whack 'em. You know, that's the video with Sable. It should be out today. Just call him. AJ gave us a list, and he wasn't worried about Smack and Whack him. He's looking for Brett versus Owen, yeah. WrestleMania 10, Flair versus Michaels, WrestleMania 24, Santana versus the Mass Executioner. That's Tito Santana versus Buddy Rose Buddy under a hood, yeah. WrestleMania 1. Classic. Piper versus Goldust, WrestleMania 9? 12. Eight, 12. Yes. And Benoit versus Triple H versus Michaels. Yes. You know what? Here, let's take a. Parking lot brawl, WrestleMania 12. All right, interesting setting. I'm Hollywood throw... back lot brawl. Yeah, yes, Hollywood. Yes, very good. Because then they used the uh, OJ footage. They did. They did. Had AJ on the mind. I was thinking the AJ footage. <laughs> now that's another lost file. Talk about WrestleMania this week again. Probably not going to be a good show. One of the things I've heard people blast about is like this Boneyard match with AJ and uh, Undertaker. AJ yeah. Styles, not our own AJ. <laughs> But, uh... Oh, he's not coming back off the bench for this one? <laughs> not for this one, baby. Not for this one. And then there's another one, uh, Funhouse uh, Flight. Disney. Oh, yeah, the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, that's what great. I do want to tell people, don't just get ready to shit on it. Let's watch it first. Because I'm, look, it's, there, I'm it's, looking forward to the Firefly Funhouse match, but the Boneyard match, I'm like, I don't know how it's going to You know what? I want to I want to point this out. I, I'm not really looking forward to either for different reasons, but I do want to point this out. Mankind, Undertaker, Boil Room Brawl. Yeah. All right. Awesome match. They beat the shit out of each other. It can be done proper. AJ Styles is an amazing guy. At this point in his career, what Taker can do, and the big question is how these segments are going to be produced. That's how it's really going to be. When you're dealing with an outside thing like this, it's how does this all play out. And everybody has a job to do. It's very hit or miss. Sometimes these are home runs, though. It's almost like the interest in WrestleMania is just to see how it's going to look now that it's not a grand spectacle. Charge it 60 bucks for this shit on fight for two nights. Yeah, it's fucking wild. To be $40 a night. Yeah, people that don't have... The thing is, they're going to get someone who's going to pay that. Because there's yeah. people that don't have, like... The internet or anything. Like, you know, a good internet connection around near them. Or WWE Network in the area. If you're listening to us... And you're buying WrestleMania on Fight. <laughs> I I don't know how you found us at the farthest ends of the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I don't think our fans are going to have any issue. Yeah. I thought you were going to give them like your... Uh, My password. Your, your login. Yeah, login information. <laughs> Those that got it, got it. So, and... so I was going to say though, one thing I learned about MP Arena matches between all the shows. I love... Promos can still be good. Video packages can still be good. Debuts, reveals... Are good. Squash matches are good. Aleister Black had a squash match this week. Very well done. Looked great. Unfortunately, long matches, competitive long matches, without the fans, and I'll point to even Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara on this. They had a decent match to me. 
Yeah. But without the fans, to me, it was missing my interest. That's a personal thing on me. Like, the fans are really just an added element I like to have in there. Now, you can do an empty arena match once in a while. You can't have a hardcore empty arena match. Tim Storm and Josephus, they showed that from 2018. This was going to end up being It was good. And I think there's other matches like that that's been done. But unfortunately, just a straight up, no story, regular, back and forth long match with no crowd. Just gets old. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. Now Josh Dunn, he was on one of these five three ones. Yeah. We got his list. He had Owen versus Brett, WrestleMania ten. Mm. Hogan versus Savage, WrestleMania five. Mm. Rock versus Hogan. Fucked if I know when that happened. Uh, WrestleMania eighteen, baby. I got right. you. Rock versus <coughs> Cena. Rock versus 29. Cena. I want to say twenty seven. Okay. Be wrong. Undertaker versus Triple H. Whenever that happened. Actually, that might have been 27. <laughs> Wait, that one was 28. I think he's picking the one in the hell in a cell. Unless he means 17. There was one they don't really talk about. Both were really good, though. I believe. I think it might have been a hell in the cell, because I remember from our discussion with That's him, what we talked about. Hogan versus Warrior was everybody's big pick, mm-hmm. and he wanted to go with Hogan versus Savage, because if I remember correctly... He Better build. Yeah, and yeah, he said the build was everything. Yeah, the match we talked about, I wasn't sure if it was on his list, was Taker and Triple H in Hell in a Cell. Shawn Michaels was the special referee that year, too. Okay. Uh, Triple H beat the shit out of him with chairs. That's how I remember. Well, we'll never know exactly what we talked about, because that file's That's dead. fucking dead. Also, by the way, whenever you say Josh Dunn, I think of, there was a tag team in WWE. Well done. Uh, well done. Timothy Well, Stephen Dunn. Well, Josh, we, we hope you find your Timothy Well out there. We hope you do, sir. <laughs> Zach St. John sent us a list. He gave us Brett versus Austin, WrestleMania 13. Taker versus Michaels, WrestleMania 25. Hardys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys, WrestleMania 17. Michaels versus Austin. I don't have a WrestleMania on that. And Brett versus Owen, WrestleMania 10. Dave, mm-hmm. what do you, what, what does that stir up in your memory for this list? Kind of makes me think of the Brett Owen SummerSlam match from '94. Where uh, Bulldog and Davy Boy uh, interfered and came back at the same time. Both of them? They did. Bulldog, I'm and, sorry. <laughs> and Anvil, Jim Anvil, Nineheart. Yeah, I Bulldog. was wondering if you were going to catch it. Like, I was in the middle of a cough. I'm trying to get through this. I got some Corona cooking up here. <laughs> Jesse from New Hampshire. We, we, we still got to apologize to the good state of New Hampshire. You Ooh. have a liquor store that's tax free, I believe. Yeah. AJ wants to shit on New Hampshire. You guys are a small state, but. Fuck, Rhode Island's even smaller, and I bet AJ likes Rode Island. Well, I think I think AJ has said good pussy in Rhode Island. I can't be I could be wrong. I don't remember. Might have been a while. He's a married man now, but I mean back in the day. Rock versus Austin WrestleMania 15. Brock versus Angle WrestleMania 19. That's a good one. Hold on. Jesse. I'm fucking laughing too much here. Mm, put yourself together. <laughs> Your list isn't getting the proper respect, so. <laughs> Yeah. Rock versus Austin, WrestleMania 15. Yes. Brock versus Angle, WrestleMania 19. Savage versus Steamboat, WrestleMania 3. Mm. Somebody's fucking hammering. Michaels versus Hart, WrestleMania 12. We got neighbors, folks. And Hogan versus Warrior, WrestleMania 6. Yeah. Edge. And Jesse there. wanted me to mention this because he specifically hates Warrior. Yes. Yet Warrior made it on the list, and by the sound of the neighbor next door, I think he fucking hates Warrior too. Oh, he does, he does. He can't stand him. 
what is it? Destruicity doesn't make the world go round. Uh, yeah. So what does this list kick up for you in your memory? Edge was in attendance for that WrestleMania six match. Six was he? Yeah, Brock falling on his fucking head is something I remember. Oh yeah, yeah breaking his neck on the yeah, shooting yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's amazing to think a guy that size can do something like that, and it happens a lot in the WWE where big guys get moves like that Ooh. taken away. Like I've heard specifically, like Mike Awesome couldn't do a top rope splash in the WWE, mm. and it looks amazing when he does it. But when you think about how WWE treats their big men, Did they it. they fight like big. Men. Do you see uh, any of the broken uh, skull sessions? Nah. I saw some of the Undertaker one. Okay, so they just did one with uh, Big Show not too long ago, and okay. um, there's uncensored versions of these off now, too. Okay. So I listened to one last night, and Big Show was talking about how when he was in WCW, he used to work too much athletically, and a lot of the guys uh, saw dollar signs in him, but uh, you know they didn't teach him how to be a giant. And in WWE, he got heat for that right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and also a great funny story, too. I, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just really enjoyed the story was... Uh, they were showing pictures of Mark Henry, and Big Show was talking about how strong Mark Henry was, you know, and how strong Brock was and John Cena and the differences in their strength. You know, they were asking him to show a picture of him and Mark Henry, look like they're arm wrestling each other. And Steve Austin goes, uh, Who would win? And Big Show didn't hesitate. And he goes, Well, I would win an arm wrestling match. And he goes, Really? He goes, I'm undefeated. He's like, As a shoot. He's like, I beat Scott Norton, who was an arm wrestling champion. And, oh, wow. and Austin was like, A shoot? And he goes, Absolutely. So, I, was, I thought that was pretty impressive, because I had always heard that Scott Norton was one of the most dominant arm wrestlers of all time. I think that's the ultimate Mania match right there. Like, how is that not on this year's Mania? <laughs> they, could they do an arm wrestling match? Yeah. I would watch it, given that build-up. Shoot, yeah. That kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. Scott from Voluntown got us a list. He got Austin versus Hart, WrestleMania mm. 13. Yeah. Taker versus Michaels. Ooh, I hate to put words in his mouth. I'm going to say... I'm going to say I don't fucking know. 25. 25? Yeah. Hardys versus Edge and Christian versus Dudleys. Mm. Savage versus Steamboat, WrestleMania 3. And that Michaels versus Ramon, WrestleMania 10. I think AJ said there was good pussy in Valentine, too. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, one of the it's right next door to Rhode Island. Yeah, so probably, he probably stopped on the way when he was going to Rhode Island. Yeah. AJ was quite the lover of uh, It's a good thing his wife doesn't listen to this podcast, right? Uh, I think she has a shoot. She said, I hate that fucking podcast, but that's all right. We almost got it on the air. We are so close. You, you guys don't even know. Mm. It's the ultimate soundbite. Ultimate soundbite. Maybe someday. <laughs> so, uh, what were you saying after Good Pussy and Valentine? <laughs> I don't remember. Let's move on. <laughs> Randy from Griswold. Randy from Griswold. Randy Why the fuck are we kayfabing? Well, I don't know, man. He's been on the podcast. Low member. Goldberg versus Lesnar, WrestleMania 33. I believe that got, what, a hearty chuckle out of Josh Dunn? Yeah, I think he was like, good pussy and Griswold on butt. <laughs> Michaels versus Razor, WrestleMania 10. Piper versus Hart, WrestleMania 8. Mm. Hogan versus Warrior, WrestleMania 6. Austin versus Rock, WrestleMania 17. Dave, at this point, I'm almost terrified to ask, what does this list make you think of? If you say there's good pussy in Voluntown, I'm going to lose my shit. Well, we already covered that, so <laughs> we don't need to cover it again. I think I was going to talk about what a loyal fan Randy Oscar is for being there for us all the time with these lists. Dude, he's uh, going to be convinced you're drunk this week, you realize that, right? Yeah, Patreon, Randy, Oscar, fans only. We could maybe do something with this uh, podcast. <laughs> 
Fans only. We, we probably what does should. that mean? Anyway, I, that'd, be, that'd be nice if we could start a Patreon. That's a goal, right? Absolutely. I think we call it fans only. I hear that's a good thing right now. Well, All right. Well, that. maybe we can... If, that if, Aria, if anybody's interested in us doing a Patreon, mm-hmm. tell us the kind of shit that you'd want to cover, mm-hmm. and we'll see what we can find. And I think you should look up fans only, by the way, because Aria Blake from MLW has a fans only page, and it's interesting. Oh, is that where you take pictures and like the sunny shit? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> We're not doing that. No, I was going to say, like, if AJ wants to do it, fine, but... AJ will do anything for this podcast. <laughs> He's our boy. He's got us. He just wouldn't do it's that. He's a 10-year pro. <laughs> Alright, where the fuck were we? As um, we both would say. Randy's list, did that... Uh, well, I mean, I think I said it before. I, I will say one thing about the Brock Goldberg match. It doesn't make my top Mania match of all time, but... It's the best damn match that Bill Goldberg ever had. Yeah, and it was the better of the two that they did. Oh, not even close. <laughs> Sheaf from Waterford brought us Brett versus Austin, WrestleMania 13. Mm. Brett versus Owen, WrestleMania 10. Yes. Michaels versus Taker, WrestleMania 25. <laughs> Sean versus Razor, WrestleMania 10. And Hogan versus Vince. Yes. Good pussy in Waterford. <laughs> they knew it was coming. <laughs> Alright. I think we found our new gimmick. Yeah. Well, you know, first off... Uh, Questionable Seth, pussy in New London, by the way. Uh, yeah, I believe that. Um, <laughs> uh, Sheaf, first off, you know, uh, he's the uh, fourth man. <laughs> he's a part of this podcast. He's here with us every week. In uh, I mean, does he do the Instagram anymore? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I haven't watched the Instagram in a while. I mean, to be fair, I don't think we stopped, we stopped talking to him and giving back the information. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, we could have dropped the ball. Yeah. You guys are getting some real world shit right now. We're working yeah. through some things. On so, I, I mean, I've, I've kind of basically started using the other Instagram. Not to promote yet, because I'm still like holding out hope that maybe she will do something. But I also, um, I'm messaging people from the old Instagram page. Okay. So, it's like, eh, we're maybe. Money, we're money in the water. Yeah, maybe, yeah, we know. I mean, well, he, he, this one might be dead in the water. I don't know. <laughs> so, any anything from Chief's list? Or probably just that we should talk to him about the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, we gotta hit, we got to talk to him. We're, we're going to oh, edit this down. This, yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he's, he's uh, me and him uh, got along really well. He's a good Bret Hart fan. Knows how to fuck. Good kid. Sean White brought us a list. Taker versus Michaels, WrestleMania 25. Brian versus Austin versus Batista, WrestleMania 30. Mm. Benoit versus Michaels versus Triple H. Mm. WrestleMania 20? Yes. Yeah, WrestleMania 20, I thought so. Michaels versus Taker, WrestleMania 26. Mm. And Dudley's versus Hardy's versus Edge and Christian. He picked a 26 one with Michaels and Taker, huh? Yeah, he brought both of them on that list. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Great video package for that 26 one with Sean's career on the line. Yeah, man. People can't tell. We definitely struggled to get through this five three one. I'll probably have to go out with some kind of press release yeah, on everything I've said today. <laughs> I mean, basically, you've said most of New London County's got some good pussy. I mean, I'm putting them over, you know. And also, I'm quoting AJ on some of that. He was yeah, actually a lot of it was quotes from AJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big solid Rhode Island guy. Mm. He's can't say nothing. All right, that. so my list. I mean, who really gives a fuck at this point? <laughs> Brett versus me. Owen, WrestleMania 10. Hit it with it, Joe. <laughs> Michaels versus Razor, WrestleMania 10. Mm. Hogan versus Warrior, WrestleMania 6. Brian versus Orton versus Batista, WrestleMania 30. Dudley's versus Hardy's versus Edge and Christian. Mm. Is there a uh, quota for how many times I can say the fuck or pussy in uh, the podcast? 
Nah, we're gonna find out this week. Find I out, mean, yeah. Randy's gonna think you're tanked. I definitely stretched out the word pussy in this one. You. Yes. Yeah, you did. I did. I did. I mean, we're hoping this will be entertaining because we brought mm-hmm. what zero energy on this. Yeah. Uh, Dave, give us your list, and then we're gonna finish off this thing. My list: Brett versus Austin, HBK versus Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. Randy Savage versus Steamboat, uh, WrestleMania 3. Brett versus Piper, WrestleMania 8. And uh, the TLC ladder match from WrestleMania 17. Edge, Christian, Dudleys, and the Hardys. Man, if you look at this list, you'll see uh, Brett on it multiple times. I'm a huge Brett Hart mark. So at the end of the day, uh, I am very biased towards Brett. That's my list, baby. What do we got? Who do we want to be here? Alright, we've done this list... Like we said, this is our third time. We have had three different outcomes. So, Savage versus Steamboat, obviously on there. Absolutely. <clears throat> You're going to pick a match? I'll pick a match. I'll pick a match. Um, I'll pick a match, and then that'll be the top three. Uh, we got to put Brett and Austin on there. I'm going to argue for Hogan versus Savage. Okay. Don't. When we talked to Josh, he made a very... Good argument as for why that should be mentioned versus Warrior. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> of those matches, which is the first to go? Hogan Savage. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that match overall. All right, oh. and you're not going to move off <clears throat> Brett and Austin, I hear you. No, I'm not. I'll tell you why. First off, he's right about one thing. Great build. Yeah. One thing that took me out of WrestleMania 4 and 5 wasn't a very lively crowd. You've been hearing me talk for the last few weeks about crowds, especially with everything going on. That's a, that's a sticking point for me. It was the casino audience. They were done in Atlantic City, and there were some good entrances and stuff like that. And to me, Hogan was just starting to get stale at this point in his career. They were going back to Hogan, but honestly, I just felt like, you know, you're going to see why I think they put the belt on Warrior WrestleMania 6 a year later. <clears throat> like, the, there was a portion of the audience, me included, who was just getting tired of Hogan at that point. I hear you. Maybe I'm a little older, too, so maybe that's it. I don't know. So, I mean... I think the audience has suffered through this enough. We're going to give it to Brett versus Austin. Mm. And you know what they say. There's good pussy in Atlantic City, but you got to pay for it. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 